Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I've had a lot of really great conversations and interviews the past couple of weeks, especially my one with Marie Forleo. It's one of my favorites I've done in a while. So if you didn't catch that Coach's Corner, please go back and listen. And we're also right now, it's February 23rd when this comes out, and I'm also right now in the midst of enrolling for B-School, which is, I think, the best online business training for modern day entrepreneurs. And it's taught by Marie Forleo. And as a proud partner for B-School, I offer an incredible package of bonuses if you register for the program through me, which include life coaching. And the reason why I'm including life coaching in my bonuses is because the biggest block that I see all entrepreneurs encounter, including myself, are inner blocks unresolved wounds, old fears, not comfort with dealing with uncertainty, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, stress, time management, procrastination, perfectionism, the list goes on and on. So when I was thinking of how I could offer those of you who do enroll in B-School the most value, the thing that immediately came to mind was coaching. So I offer four live coaching calls guided meditations and visualizations that help prep you for everything you're learning so you don't get overwhelmed, a private Facebook group where I coach you, and a live one-day retreat with me in California, most likely in May. So if you want to check any of that out, go to christinehassler.com slash bschool. And today's guest is the perfect guest to have on as I'm talking about bschool because she is just an incredible entrepreneur. And she's only like 25, 26 years old. And she has this thriving business, massive social media following. She inspires me. Her name is Amanda Bucci. And let me tell you a little bit about her. Amanda is a lifestyle entrepreneur whose main goal is to help others find their true selves and passions. And her podcast, Bucci Radio, which I was on, you may want to go back and check out my episode, is a one-stop shop for anyone looking to really find themselves. Her podcast is full of amazing guests who discuss everything from fitness to education or personal antidotes. Listen to her show and you'll leave with a new sense of purpose and a fire lit inside of you. You can learn more about Amanda, her coaching, and her online programs at amandabucci.com. And now on to my interview with Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. I had such a great time on your podcast and I'm so excited to share you with the Over It Non With It community. I know. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like we vibe really well. So I'm excited to be in front of your people and be able to share my insights with everyone who's listening. So hi, everyone. Well, and if they don't already know you, they will soon and they're, <laughs> I know they'll love you. So I want to start with your story because it's incredibly powerful and I think even more inspiring for people. So I'd love for you to share how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I love storytelling. Like we talked about, about your story on my podcast. I feel like it's a great way for people to land um, and relate from where they are to where they're going. So for me personally, my story started just, you know, kind of like living that regular average, like this is fine life back in Rhode Island is where I'm from. I was on a path like things that I knew about myself were that I really liked science. I was pretty good at school. I liked sports. I did soccer and lacrosse and stuff like that in high school, but 
I was mediocre at best. I sat on the bench a lot of the time, but I still knew that I had some sort of excitement about that. And that's when my mom got me a personal trainer when I was a freshman in high school, trying to get my conditioning up when I really just started to fall in love with the gym. So moving forward from there, I focused on building my body. I was really excited about that. Again, I did well in school and I went to college in the same state of Rhode Island. Again, kind of just living like the regular path I was supposed to be on. I went to nursing school as well. So I have my nursing degree. I graduated with that. Mm. And in the middle of all of that, I was doing fitness competitions, which is a whole kind of other side of it. But the, the side of it that was starting to be the most pivotal for me was when a friend of mine who I kind of call and deem her the character of the spontaneous friend, her name is Tori. She's blonde, blue eyes, beautiful, fun, like just so like adventurous and loves adrenaline and that kind of thing. And I was always the person that really felt so comforted inside of my comfort zone. <laughs> I am, um, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So like, I love just like bundling up and being home and like everything's peaceful and nothing's disturbed. And that was like a space that I lived in for such a long time without recognizing that there's so much else out there. Like in my mind, I was fine. So why would I go and change or do anything differently? It was so crazy to think that way that I lived like that for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, so she was like, let's move to California for the summer. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Why would I do that? I have no money. I'm in college. I don't have anything that would keep me stable there. I like stability. Right. So she offered for us to just send our resumes to restaurants it's so funny. So we like emailed these restaurants, pictures of us with like our resumes. And we we're like, we're looking for jobs. We're coming out. And this one guy got back to us, um, really Venice type of restaurant owner. He's like a guy in his fifties named Tom, super chill. He did a Skype call with both of us. And he's like, yeah, come down. We're going to be hiring right around the time when you're here. So it's like, come down, we'll interview you. Like we'll have a spot. And we're like, really? Are you sure? And that felt like enough for me, I guess, mm. to feel okay about it. I spent some more time waitressing in Rhode Island before I moved just to gather some money for our cross-country drive for gas and hotels. And the day that we got there, we did the interview. We got the job, started waitressing right away. So that whole summer for three months, I lived in Venice. I had a bike. I lived in a two bedroom apartment with three people. It eventually ended up being four because Tori had her ex-boyfriend come live with us and, <laughs> and whatever, like a whole thing. And I slept on the couch most of the time. I was prepping myself for bikini competitions. I did my own show. I like went to the show all by myself. Again, waitressing six, seven days a week. And I didn't go to LA for quote unquote opportunity. I didn't want to be an actress or a singer or whatever. I didn't even know that there was opportunity out there. But what I found was that there's so many people living their like self-expression. So there were so many people just being themselves without being apologetic about it. Mm. And there's people doing different things everywhere. And it kind of just sparked this massive curiosity in me, like what is out here? And I felt this sense of home. I felt a sense of like, here's where I'm supposed to be for this next chapter of my life. And once I went back to Rhode Island, I was like, mom, I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm going to be moving. And she's <laughs> sorry, like, oh. not sorry, mom. <laughs> she was like, okay. Mm. And I saved money the whole next year. I, again, kept doing bikini competitions in the middle of all this. I started an Instagram account, which is the one that I have now just posting, sharing about my fitness journey, workouts, nutrition, all of that stuff. There was no Instagram stories yet, but I started a YouTube channel and I was just sharing and it was just really authentic. I was obsessed with what I was learning. So I was the student who eventually, you know, became someone who was a teacher and 
and people just started becoming more and more interested in what I was doing. I felt really validated by that. And, and my audience started to keep to grow. And by the time I got out here officially, I had no friends. I had, I lived with one girl that um, waitress with me and she ended up like being the manager of the restaurant. So she was never home. I had like a couple pieces of furniture in my crappy apartment <laughs> in Mar Vista. And I was just doing online coaching, making YouTube videos. I spent like 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. just doing my work, not dating anybody for a really long time. And I just kept focused. And what I was doing was I was sharing my journey. I was doing competitions. I was collaborating with people. I did fitness like boot camps all around the country. And I had a lot of just fear and insecurity because I didn't know what I was doing, but I just felt like I was on the right path. So everything that I was doing was also getting really validated. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is perfect. So by the time that I finally was ready to take the NCLEX, which is the national board exam for nursing to, you know, finally practice safely and get a real job, I took it and I crammed for it because I was no longer excited about it. It was four months after I moved. I was making good money from my coaching business. I was like, I'm doing pretty freaking well. Like I'm paying my bills in LA and I'm 21 years old. Like who can do that? Right. And I, I didn't, I didn't pass the test. So mm -hmm. after that, I had to discern and determine, okay, do I go back to doing that? Cause that's what I just spent the last four years learning. I have all this loan debt from school and that's what I've been like so focused on for such a long time. Or do I keep going with this fitness internet, YouTube video? Like I've been making $3,000 a month or so. Like, do I keep going with this? And it was a very clear yes for me, although it was really challenging to come to that, but it was a very clear, like, this is my path. So January, 2016 comes around and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to focus fully on YouTube. My coaching business is just kind of flowing for me. I didn't have any like financial goals necessarily and except to pay my bills. And I went from 6,000 subscribers to hundred thousand subscribers in less than Jeez, six months. That's okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so I, I know there's probably <laughs> more to the story, but there's so much that no, I want okay. to, it, it, there's one really key thing I'd love for you to answer because I think this is going to help so many people. So this people pleaser versus authentic self-expression, because yeah. you said like a little bit of the people pleaser, nine on the Enneagram. And just those, for those listening, Enneagram is like kind of a personality quiz plus psychology plus spirituality. And it gives you yep. an insight into the archetype of like your personality and the way you operate in the world and what's important to you and what's not. And if you're curious about it, there's a book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Mm, Robert Holden that. teaches a lot about it. So, but the nine is, is definitely the people pleaser. And in your unhealthy state, it's being super concerned about what people think. And in the healthy, it's being collaborative and connecting and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but I, you know, so many people that call in for coaching on the show, Amanda, and I'm sure you can relate to this. They want to put themselves out there, but they're so terrified of what people are going to think. They're so terrified of being an imposter. They're so terrified of it, you know, bad comments. How did you manage having this people pleaser with like just putting yourself out there and, and yeah. being authentically self-expressed? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I remember in the beginning of me doing that, I had a little bit of fear because there was people in college that were criticizing me. So I kept my Instagram private for a little while, but while I was into it, the thing is I was getting so validated by everybody for such a long time that I felt so safe to just express myself fully. So many people like my best friend, Ashley, she was watching my old videos and we met after I like stopped doing YouTube. And she was like, I feel like you were giving people what it took me so long to get from you. Like 
you were just fully trusting them to listen and receive everything that you were experiencing. And it was just so authentic. Like that's something that people work so hard to build within friendships. But again, I was getting so validated and there was something dangerous about that because I was attached to the validation and I never had the criticism. And when the criticism started coming, I mean, anybody who starts to build a platform, if you have more than hundred people following you, you're going to start getting some. And there's so many people that I work with. They're like, well, I don't have any yet. So I hope I never get it. I'm like, well, I mean, eventually you're going to start again, being fully self-expressed and that in and of itself is going to trigger anybody. So if anyone has an audience of any sort, it's going to happen eventually. And I think the thing is to just expect that to come and know that it's going to happen and not be fearful of it. But for me, I didn't know. So when it did happen, I was spent so much time with people in my YouTube comment section. YouTube is like such an interesting place because they feel like they're watching their favorite show and they have some sort of, they feel like they have clout in in like giving their opinions on your life because you're sharing so much. They feel like they're involved and they expect to be involved. So there was so much of me spending my time either defending myself, trying to get people to get on my side. I was going back and forth with people so many times. There was some things that I was like, I had to make the discernment of, okay, is this constructive criticism? Is this something that is just someone being stupid? Like you're fat or something like ridiculous. Um, that didn't matter or something that was really triggering for me. And I remember this one time I did a affiliate deal with a friend of mine and he has a program about healing your relationship with food. And in the fitness community, there's also a lot of people in like the eating disorder kind of binge eating community. And me putting that out there, um, a lot of people interpreted that as Amanda Bucci is trying to profit off of people who she is not qualified to serve. And three days straight, Christine, people on Twitter bashed the shit out of me. Like I could Mm. press the refresh button and there would be 20 new tagged tweets of people having conversations about me. They started talking about my prices of my program in which I was still new to. So I also made a switch from fitness to the personal development business coaching space. And in the business coaching space, people, it's really normal to charge a couple thousand dollars for a program because that's what you're teaching people how to do and make. And it's normal. But for the fitness YouTube community, people are used to spending 200 bucks a month for a fitness coach or $30 for a fitness ebook. So thousands is like completely off the charts for people in my community or was anyway. So I was kind of like paving the path for those in my community, but yeah, people were calling me a scam artist, like Mm. Scamanducci. There's Instagram accounts that were tagging me and screenshotting all my Instagram stories, making fun of me. Some girl made an hour long podcast episode about how much she hates me and how ridiculous I am. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like got into this depressive state almost where I had no appetite. I didn't want to get put myself out there. I didn't want to make videos anymore. I figured I should just quit YouTube. And it was a really something I'm so grateful for now because it taught me the lesson that you can't focus on either the positive validation or the negative validation. You have to really find your own self-sourced sense of empowerment and knowing and trusting that you are who you are and what people are saying truly can't matter. Mm -hmm. It truly Mm -hmm. cannot matter. Even if they're saying how incredible you are, how pretty you are, whatever, you have to find that in yourself first and find your own sense of security. It's so true. And and one thing I always say to people and myself is if you care about what one person thinks or says or posts, you can't help many. You know, if yeah. you had stopped, if you if that had really 
allowed you to go into self-sabotage and like, I shouldn't do this. And if you had made that mean, oh, this is a sign I shouldn't pursue this, you wouldn't be helping all the people that you're helping now. And I think the other thing that's important to note is people get triggered and they don't even realize they're triggered. They get triggered because maybe they're jealous. They get triggered because you remind them of someone like who knows. And instead of like taking responsibility for that, people often project And then like, we don't resonate with all people. I know some people don't like me. I can, I was on Joe Rogan's podcast, which is like being, right. It's like (laughs) being beef tartare in a vegan restaurant. You know, it's just like, wait, this doesn't fit here. But like, he found me whatever. Like I thought it was a prank when he asked me to be on. And (laughs) it was like my worst podcast interview ever. I was super nervous. I'd never met him before. I was really intimidated. It was three years ago. And, Mm. and I, oh man, I didn't even look at the YouTube comments because I just got like, because I'm not his typical, right? However, there were so many people that found me because of that show. So many women that have come to my retreats because of that show. And if I had decided not to go on, or if I had let like, you know, all those negative comments totally get me down. I, I wouldn't have helped the people that I've helped and brought people, you know, there are people listening to this podcast now because of Joe Rogan. And yeah. so I think it's important for us to focus on that. And also like, let's talk about the positives to being polarizing and to having those mm-hmm. comments because it's not all bad. Yeah, no, truly. I really, um, I really enjoy it now. I think it's such a great time. Number one, I mean, this is kind of like an interesting one, but it does create a lot of engagement on your page mm-hmm. and it creates a lot of interest. And I think it kind of like separates you. So I have quite a few, quite a few YouTube videos out there of other people making fun of me. Like you can search YouTube right now and there's like a few. And I think it gave me a really powerful opportunity to show up and kind of not defend myself, but at least speak into like what the truth is for those who might have actually believed anything or anything along those lines. It gives you a really powerful jump off point to number one, look at yourself, say, is this actually true? And give yourself that like, sense of knowing or a sense of kind of like working through that trigger on your own. And now I am really, really clear. And without that criticism, I would have never gotten so clear on who I am, what I can provide, what my gifts really are, how I'm supposed to serve in the world. And knowing that again, it could be someone else's trigger. It could be just a misunderstanding. And it does give you a really great opportunity to kind of either clear up the misunderstanding. I don't think, I don't believe that you should just ignore it. If you get criticism, I know in the past I used to kind of try to ignore it, but that never worked because you ignoring something that it seem it's seemingly everyone's looking at when in the truth, not everyone's looking at it. Some people who might not even be your people who are engaging with all the drama. I know that those aren't my people anymore. Um, if you're like truly engaging with the drama of something, like that's why I don't even worry if there's a YouTube video about me anymore. I'm like, my people aren't engaging with drama on YouTube. Like those aren't who I'm supposed to be coaching. Right. You know what I mean? So, but either way, it gave me a really powerful jump off point to, to express my leadership. And I get so many comments now, whenever I have someone who criticizes me in my post or something, and I make a response, I always try to post it and share like, here's how I'm responding to this thing, because I know so many people are terrified of this and you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a scary thing. You don't have to be mean to this person. You don't have, I don't have to allow my audience to defend me or anything like that. It's just a conversation or it doesn't even have to be a conversation. You can say, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I think a lot of people are really impressed or just like reflecting back how they might've responded into themselves. And they're like, Oh wow. Like I really appreciate that you responded that way. Now I have permission to do that or, um, be polarizing myself 
and not fear this criticism to come up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it always gives us an opportunity to look at our own inner critic too. The less mm-hmm. critical I am of myself and the more accepting and loving and just focused on service I am, the less one, I receive external criticism and the two, yeah. the, the less I, I take it personally. You know, I, yeah. you know, one thing that I do is if I do get some kind of criticism, especially if it's someone who, you know, I may know, you know, because a lot of times people give us feedback, even loved ones, family members. And I always go, okay, is there anything valuable in this? And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I learned at USM, which I know is you're going to be going to USM soon. Yeah, so excited. Um, is receiving feedback neutrally. Is yeah. going, okay, is there anything to learn? Maybe there is something, maybe not. But if we just deflect it because it feels threatening or we take it too personally, then we often miss out on a learning as well. So I love I love just this conversation about not being afraid of criticism because it's unavoidable and it's part of yeah. life and it doesn't have to be this terrible thing. So yeah, so I agree. awesome. So I also wanted to talk to you about how to really utilize your, your stories and your past and just your life for content creation. Because a lot of people say, <laughs> well, I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do, but your life can often be your content creation. Yeah, no, I love that so much. I think that's so important. I think um, when people start utilizing Instagram for their business, it feels to me like a lot of people have the expectation of themselves that they have to show up as the expert and the teacher all the time. And they have to create really valuable content, be consistent, because that's what everyone says on a consistent basis, right? And their own personal life is either invaluable or it's going to dampen their authority. And I feel like that's a huge fear that them sharing something that's personal is going to like lower the level of authority that they have. And that's not how they want to be represented. They want to feel like they're in their power and stuff like that. And I personally feel like, and I've experienced this myself, every single time I or a client of mine shares something like, let's just say I got on stories today and I was singing one of my favorite songs from middle school. And I was like headbanging to Paramore. And it doesn't have to be something like your deep, dark story or your deep, dark secrets, which I personally feel like it, it, it should be also that as well. Um, we'll get into that after, but anything that you do in your normal life that you would share with like, let's just say a best friend, um, how you, how you are, like, let's just say your dog, or maybe you're actually experiencing some anxiety or stress, even if it's something as small as being frustrated that you overslept or whatever. Um, I think the difference if you're, if you're wanting to stay in that kind of leadership authority role is allowing yourself to be authentic. Number one gives other people permission to do the same. It creates a sense of safety and trust that people can go to you with their vulnerability, especially if you're a coach or someone who's serving, being a person that also has that and a role model for that gives someone else the permission to be their vulnerable selves mm-hmm. when they're in their most vulnerable state coming to you for service and help and support. I think that's such a powerful thing because people are interested in that. So you showing that you also have that is really powerful. And again, I think it allows people to really drop into who you are and it allows them to connect with you on a human level and it attracts the proper people for you. So again, like you were talking about with Joe Rogan, like not every single person in Joe Rogan's audience resonates with Joe Rogan. Maybe they just don't know any other podcast episodes, right? Like they just know the mainstream and they know Joe from whatever. And then they find you and how you are and you weren't catering necessarily. Maybe you were, but three years ago, you probably were just being Christine Mm -hmm. and being Christine is whatever, however you are in your your voice, your intonation, the stories that you share, your body language, 
and people will resonate with you for who you are, your experiences for sure, your relationship, your sexual preference, your location, where you live, the things that you do, the hobbies that you have, right? Like there's no reason to to hide any of that stuff because it's going to attract the proper people because those people will be excited and resonate with that for a particular reason. Maybe they're also interested in that. Maybe it gives them permission to add more of that into their life because that's what they're looking for currently. Maybe it has nothing to do with them, but they're looking for that aspect and you have it. So they're excited to follow because of that. And what that creates is this higher sense of engagement, because now you're a little bit more interesting, a little bit more exciting to this person. You resonate a little bit more and people are craving authenticity. Like there's so many of the same, you you can throw a rock and hit a fitness coach on Instagram or, or a personal development or a life coach, right? Like you can throw a rock and you find one. And how do you differentiate yourself? Well, the, the thing that differentiates us as people is, is who we truly actually are in our experiences. It's not the information that we're sharing and coaching on. Like you and I, Christine can coach and share the same information, but our people will resonate with us for all of the individual aspects that we represent. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so in that, in like really standing in who we are and standing in that authentic self-expression, there also mm-hmm. is like having the business strategy part of that. Yeah. And of I know that is something that you, a lot of it, I'm sure you learned yourself. A lot of it is you probably learned from other people. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the, maybe list kind of three things, Amanda, that you have implemented in actually making this work as a business? Because I yeah. see a lot of people they may have a great social media page. They mm. may have some great videos, but they're not making any money. Yes. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. So I have like a couple of processes that I can share with your people. So the first one is a five-step process that I, sh- I share in my programs for creating content that actually turns into clients and business for you. So the first one is discovering who you truly are, what you truly want, what your purpose is, all of that really important personal stuff. That is why we create a business in general, right? Like what's, Mm -hmm. what's the spark for you then discovering who do you actually want to serve? So this is kind of like the niching down conversation. And I have a, um, different perspective on niching. It doesn't necessarily have to be a woman who's 45 years old. She has this many kids. I don't think it always has to be a demographic. I just want you to think about where is the person at in their life? What are they experiencing? What are their biggest struggles? What's really going on with them that you are really good at solving? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be a particular like age or anything. I think that's important in terms of messaging. So someone who's a woman is going to mess, um, resonate a different way with someone who's a man. Like if you say, Hey ladies, instead of like, Hey guys on your Instagram, when you open or in like an email or something, it's going to resonate differently for different people. So the more clear on that you can get the better, but that is so powerful. And then you can really dig into what's the best offer that I can create to solve this person's problem. And you have to have something to offer them, like some sort of program, some sort of course, some sort of something that's going to be your revenue generating thing, right? And then from there, you can create content. So now you have information on yourself and your ideal client and, and your offer, right? So you know what your off the problem your offer solves, you know, the problem your ideal client is having, and you know what you're really masterful at. So then you can take those things and break those three things down and say, okay, what kind of content do I want to create that I, I like teaching on? What experiences do I have? So if you want to like list these out for anyone who's listening, these are all buckets 
buckets that you can put ideas into. And I feel like ideas are where people get so stuck. So these are idea buckets. Again, what do you look like? What do you love teaching? What are really powerful experiences that you have that you can teach people a lesson on? What are personal opinions you have? How can you be polarizing? What makes you different? What are things you want to stand for and stand against in your content? And then moving into your ideal client, right? So what are the experiences that they're having? What are pain points? What are myths that they're buying into or misbeliefs or misunderstandings that you can break down and bust those myths for them and your content? And then what are they really struggling with? Like what are what, on a day-to-day basis? What are the things that are going on in their day-to-day that is a problem that you can solve? And then from there, it's your offer. So you're going to be inviting them into your offer with your content. Again, telling people the problem that you solve and the key phrase that I always say, and this is why I created the blah, blah, blah program or whatever it is that you're offering. Cause then you can let it land for people like, Oh wow, that's exactly what I need. Mm. So I think that those three buckets and listing out ideas for yourself is a really great place to start in terms of content creation. That's actually going to turn into clients. I love it. Thank you. And as we round out here, Amanda, in a minute, we'll give people a way to get in touch with you and learn more from you because I know you just have so much information. But one thing we talked about before we started recording is permission slips, like permission Mm. slips for people. And that's so many times when people call in for coaching, they're asking, they they say they're asking for my advice, but really they're just asking for permission. They just want (laughs) someone to give them. And I tell this story all the time when I wanted to quit my Hollywood job, I called my dad because I, I just, and it wasn't because I wanted his approval or anything like that. I just felt like I needed somebody to tell me it's okay. okay. Like you can quit. <laughs> so if you were to give our listeners a permission slip or maybe two, what big old, I remember in school, they were like these pink permission slips. So let's give a visual here. What big pink permission slips would you give our listeners? Mm, I love that. Um, I want to give two permission slips that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, first one is I give you full permission to be as honest as you possibly want to be and can be on your social media accounts this week. Speak into whatever's like the most true for you, whether it's the fact that you're that you're sick of seeing something blah 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 in your industry, or you want to put something out there really specific that you're excited about, or it's just something personal that you can share that would allow the human to human connection to really happen and build trust with your audience. So I give you full permission to be fully honest. And the second permission slip that I have is I give you full permission to charge what you want in your programs. And I feel like people need, they tell themselves they need a certification, that they need to do more, that they need to be more in order to charge what they really would be able to, if they were able to get out of their own way but I want you to think of a number in your head that you're vying to charge and just tell someone that on the phone. Like my program costs this much and just let yourself stop there and see what happens and allow for that to be a a growth moment for you in stepping into higher levels of self-worth and also higher levels of being able to be neutral about the feedback that you get, whether it's going to be a yes or a no, you're going to learn something from it. So I give you full permission to do both of those things. Ah, I love that. So everybody take it. And, man, and I second that. I'm the second signature. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And really the person that is the most powerful person to give you permission is you. But just from two yeah. people that, you know, believe in you, go and do it. You know, we, we, we the only person getting in your way right now is you. And the, every, every entrepreneur success story is built on a series of so-called failures and mistakes and and all of that. So 
yeah, fear can be there sometimes and it's okay. Fear's there. Don't wait for the fear to go away before you take action. Mm, I love that so much. And if you need a little extra help with that, Amanda, you are one of the perfect people to do it. So please tell people how they can connect with you and where they can learn more about everything you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to learn more about any programs that I offer, I do work with um, startup entrepreneurs mostly. I do have a mastermind, but that's closed for the time being. Um, but people who are like just getting their businesses started, I would love to work with you in our in our beginner program, accelerator program. It's really, really powerful. If you're a fitness coach, I have a certification program for you to get the confidence and knowledge that you need to actually serve your clients. So many people mm. are blocked with actual confidence in the delivery. Along with that, I do have a podcast where we, we talk about so much stuff along these lines, along with business stuff, along with content creation, connection, personal development, it's Bucci radio. And then Instagram is like my go-to place at Amanda Bucci. Awesome. And if you could go back and tell yourself one thing that you really, really needed to hear when you were in this decision point of, you know, Mm. do I take this risk and go pursue all these things that are happening? What advice or what piece of wisdom would you give yourself? Mm, I love that. I would a hundred percent say that if I were to tell myself something, it would be keep listening and go with what you're feeling because looking back, it's always been my body or my soul trying to tell me something. And whenever I went out of that, it always went wrong for me. So every time I did go right for it, I have this podcast about the five times that I said yes in my life that really fully changed my life. I told you about a couple of them on this podcast. It's always been the right flow for where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to learn, even if it feels like it hurts. Like I've had some experiences where it like something felt so true for me, but I knew that whenever I did it, it was going to like be absolutely painful to break through my people pleasing mentality, to break up with somebody, to shift out of a relationship or into a new one, or even into my pivot that I had from fitness to business. And, you know, any kind of change that people are wanting to make, there's a reason why you're feeling like the need to fully shift. So listen to that and allow and lean into that. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Amanda, for listening. Thank you for giving yourself permission to really follow your authentic calling so that you can empower and inspire so many people to do the same. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christine. This has been a great episode and I love talking to your people. So thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs>